This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to the Change Room Podcast, a whiff of well-being with Minnie and Matt. Well, Minnie, I've got the incense burner, mate, got the caftan on. Today we're going to go slightly into the land of woo-woo and talk about meditation. And what I love about today's guest, Tammy Ruse, is that she takes us into a place that makes not meditation not only accessible, but scientifically backed. And I think that that's amazing. Mate, Maddie, I've got to say, this is probably one of my favourite podcasts so far. Tammy, you can see that she's so passionate but enthusiastic about the subject. And as you just said before, she backs it up with a ton of research. Well, mate, let's not muck around any longer. Let's just step straight into the change room for a whiff of well-being. On the change room with a well-being podcast today with Minnie and Matt, we have a very, very special opportunity to talk to someone who has an amazing background in parapsychic science and has provided access to so many people, thousands of people across our community to this process. You want you hear about this process, Minnie. Very, very insightful. This process that increases people's accuracy, decreases stress, improves their well-being, and on the list goes, there's not too many bad things that are, that are associated with it. You know what this tool's called? What's it called, Manny? It's called meditation. Now, I know we've all heard about it, but very few of us have reached into our kit bag and, mm. and utilised it very in our true. everyday life. Tammy Ruse, who's our guest today, is responsible for leading high-level executives and companies, elite athletes, teams, but most importantly, everyday members of our community down the pathway of utilising meditation for having a better life. So, Tammy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's uh, quite an honour. Yeah, lovely to be here. You obviously hang out with a guy that used to wear a whistle and carry a clipboard around. Uh, is that true? Yes, that's true. One <laughs> Paul Ruse. Yes, my husband. The husband of 28 years now. So, yes, there's been... And a lot of uh, a lot of sporting uh, moments in, I guess, our relationship, marriage, the entire time we've been together. Yeah, excellent. Uh, he's coach of the Swannies, mate. Many years, one of my favourite teams. Bombers as well. Yeah, Bombers as well. But uh, yeah, Swannies is my no, no, team no. up in Sydney. Demons. So. Demons. 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 Oh my oh. goodness! Imagine that the people oh, in Victoria. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that, to everyone in Victoria. The... <laughs> no, that's all right. The Melbourne Demons. Yes, yeah. yes. So, Timmy, before we jump in, we always ask the same question to all our guests that come on. What are some of the things that you've done today to improve your health and well-being? Yes, love that. Um, and that's something I'm really strong on, those really good, uh, simple daily habits that really mm. help us support us. So today uh, I started off my morning with an online yoga class, 6.30 in the morning. That finished at 7.30 and then I did my, you know, 20-minute meditation after that. Um, and I also make sure I hydrate really well. So for me, those three um, key things, exercise, meditation, and hydration, it's how I start my day. Um, I, I, I actually have um, apple cider vinegar with warm water in the morning. So that just yeah. starts it. And it's really good. So again, I, I guess I do those things that I know lift me up and make me feel better. So as long as I've done something each day that supports my well-being, I know that I can actually have a better opportunity to have the best day. 
it's quite inspiring. And we're not going to fish around in the shallow end of the pool. Let's let's dive straight into the deep end and, and discuss, look, you might have picked up by my accent and maybe by my hair colour and, and, you know, my bit of croaky voice that that I'm a, an Australian male, which is probably it's really hard to see my birth certificate from where I'm standing at the moment. And, you know, around meditation, there's a lot of resistance. It's sat well and truly in the woo-woo you know, category for so many people. But, but when I looked at, at your qualifications in parapsychic science, that word science is involved, you know, and you've got a doctorate in this. So when we discuss, you know, meditation and all the benefits that we hear that, that go with it, what, what is the scientific validation behind that? So I guess for all your listeners, I did write my dissertation on the benefits of meditation to the physical, mental, emotional and uh, spiritual bodies because it actually impacts every area of, um, I guess, the human ecosystem. It's just so profound and the evidence, again, has been around for quite some time, but um, at the moment, or when I did my dissertation, actually, that was in 2007. At that time, there'd been more than 800 research and review papers written on the subject, which I will answer your question, Maddie. But post-2007, I'm aware that last year there was actually three papers being released a week on the benefits. So that just goes to show how many people are actually seeing this absolute direct correlation in the scientific community as well companies and different um, organizations. I know healthcare providers, everyone's looking for, well, how are we going to support people? How, what are we going to do to make their life easier for people to be happier, less stressed, and obviously have less medical problems? So I guess number one, simply we know the number one benefit of meditation is the reduction of stress and anxiety. That's number one. And that is again, across all the boards. So it takes us out of fight or flight mm. Um, which I'm sure, you know, for your listeners as well, you understand what that is, where you constrict and you can't breathe properly and you're feeling that bit of stress and the heightened anxiety and you go into a relaxed state of calm. So kicking yourself out of, you know, the, the um, working on the autonomic nervous system, yeah, the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. So you go into that state of deep relaxation and that has so many fundamental um, benefits for you in terms of oxygen and lactate levels and different things that happen physiologically to your body. Um, secondly, your focus and your clarity increases. So your mind becomes quite clear. Um, all of you, or for most of you, I'm sure you're aware the brain, you talk about the left side of the brain, the right side of the brain, the two hemispheres. What happens when you meditate is you create a bridge between the two hemispheres, the left and right, the left being the analytical thinking side of your brain and the right side of your brain being the creative, um, intuitive side. When you create that bridge, you, what tends to happen is you often you get those aha moments. You become higher functioning because your brain is more orderly. So that's why people then start to notice they procrastinate less, they get thing, more things done in a day because you become much more efficient with your time, which is another one of the positive byproducts of meditation. We also know that our energy levels are increased and restored. So if you know that you've taken yourself out of fight or flight, you've gone into a restful state of heightened awareness, it allows the body the chance to recover. And for anyone who's been an athlete, again, that was one of the biggest things for athletes. Recovery is huge, allowing the body to heal. 
But what most people don't understand is that that's important for all of us. Okay. So every one of us on this planet has mental health. It's not a negative. We are just more conditioned to talking about exercising to look after the physical side of ourselves or even eating the right food. So from a nutrition standpoint, we all know the benefits of that. And I know that both of you, Maddie and Anthony, that you both speak about that, you know, from the nutrition too. But what we have to understand is that mental health isn't negative. We all have it and we need to nurture our mental state. So, uh, you know, if I want to be optimal um, performing at my best then I know I have to look after the physical and the mental both. So it, you know, it goes hand in hand. It, it is this ecosystem we're looking after. The other thing that starts to happen is that our sleeping patterns improve. Again, this state of deep relaxation. So we know that that, that occurs. We know that our uh, emotional regulation is improved. So we tend, the more we meditate, we become more responsive rather than reactive. And that's huge. Think about anyone listening from be it from family environments to being at work or on a team. If you are feeling less stressed and then you're able to communicate more effectively, we know that our personal relationships are enhanced. Okay. So the number one precursor to poor communication is stress. So you can see how this keeps weaving in and out of all areas of our life when you have a meditation practice. So if I'm less stressed, oh, my communications improve, oh, my personal relationships are enhanced. So it's it's fundamental to understand all these linking dots that, that um, science again has proven. They've also um, just recently, about three months ago, another study came out of the state showing that a six week consistent practice of meditation improves your immune system by 31%. Wow. So mm. what is everyone what is everyone talking about right now? The immune system, our immune health, so immunity. And we know if we're going to, you know, so if these things about our lactate levels and being in that heightened state of rest, and we know, again, that this is going to actually help us, it's it's um, quite amazing, like you said, Maddie, this resistance that we have to it. But I feel that that's okay and it's changing. It takes time. And, and you know, you, you got to almost like catch up with, okay, maybe I'm ready to try something different. And I think that, you know, with meditation as well, because it's consi- you have to be um, have a cumulative practice. So it's about the consistency. That's why I prefaced in that study of the 31%, it was a six-week consistent practice. It's really key, but it's like exercise, right? Or it's like learning a foreign language or playing a musical yeah. instrument. The more you do it, the better you are at it and the easier it becomes. So it's really, really important, I think, to understand that. One of the other huge things for any of the listeners here that people talk about is we know we have scientists found this marker in our bodies in the DHEAS levels, and it's an anti-aging marker. What they have found is that people that have had a consistent meditation practice for five years or longer, they actually test physiologically that they are um, 12 years younger than their biological age. So that's proven, that's science. So consider that. So, and again, I went off, I actually... You, I was in Sydney and I, I actually saw a naturopath and she said, oh, your long-term meditator was just in conversation. She says, I would love to, to run this, this, these tests on you. And I said, you know, what? I'd love that because I'm all about um, encouraging people to do your own investigation. Yeah. You know, you, you can listen to me saying this, but investigate it for yourself. So yeah. I said to her, I'd love for you to run these tests. It'd be amazing. And she got the test back and I literally came in at that marker. I was 12 years younger physiologically in my body than my biological age. Mm. So I think that that's huge when you know that so many areas 
of your body from a health and well-being perspective is being enhanced. And the last thing that I wanted to stress too is that the number one um, emotion, sorry, I almost gave that away. The number one emotion that science has worked out depletes our immune system is worry. So if you think about that, if you're worried, if you're a worrier, that is the number one emotion that brings the immune system down. And then you can tend to be, you know, get sore throats or runny nose, get a cough, a cold, whatever it might be. So, if, so really consider if you know meditation alleviates all of these factors, how much healthier you're going to be in your day-to-day life. I don't know if you're picking it up, Minnie, but I think Tammy knows the stuff. And, and again, <laughs> um, the, the thing I want to actually share with that is, is that, I, that I love that you said is, is first of all, meditation doesn't work on one thing. So that what we know is the biggest cause of death and disease on the planet is associated with people's perception of threat, not real threat. It, it's way, way ahead of it you know, trauma and infection. And again, you've told it, you've shared with us through the activation of the, the parasympathetic nervous system and, and mm-hmm. other other mechanisms that meditation does. One, it, it, it decreases your risk of getting sick. But on the other side, you've also shared with us that if you utilise it, it also not only decreases your risk of getting sick, it improves your well-being and your health. And I think one thing to preface there too with what you were saying um, is that you know, it's it's unrealistic for anyone to think that every single day of your life is going to be a, a, a happy day or a great mm. day. We all have emotions. So we're all, every single one of us on this planet experiences emotions, highs and lows. But if you can have a practice that helps you navigate life to the best of your ability, then it can kind of eliminate what you're talking about, Maddie, with the, with the, um, with the whole idea about the perceived threat versus real threat. So if you are less anxious and if you're feeling like I'm supported and I'm safe, I've got a tool or an asset that I can use in the space of my own home or in my office or when I've parked the car. Um, there's, you know, you can, you can do it when I'm traveling. I can do it sitting on a plane. The reality is this is a practice where you're learning to come home to your inner world. And I don't think people understand that. Our whole life, we go through pretty much very externally focused, don't we? We're looking outside yeah. of ourselves. We look yeah. where, you know, we're getting the car. What do I have to do next on the mm-hmm. to-do list? What about the job, the wife, the husband, the kids? Who's got pickup? Who's done this? Did you make that phone call? So it's not until you go, oh, I'm going to stop. I'm going to pause. I'm going to draw my awareness internally. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, what's going on? You know what? Actually, I'm tired. Or geez, I kind of have a scratchy throat. Maybe I just need to, you know, I got to have some vitamin C or do some, I need to eat healthier food or, or you, you know, you start to tune in what's going on. I'm really happy today. What made me happy? And then you might start getting those aha moments and you start linking things in. But meditation truly reminds you of the beauty of coming home to you because I don't know what's going on inside your life, Anthony. I don't know what's going inside your, your life or, you know, inside your head, that is, when mm. I say that, Maddie. So it's an individual practice. You don't want to know, let me tell you. (laughs) No, but but what I'm saying is if we take ownership and if we take some personal responsibility of understanding our health and well-being is actually no one can do it for us, right? It it actually is on us. Um, So I have to do those things to help support myself because the, the one thing too I'll say to any of your listeners is you cannot, all the things that I've just highlighted in terms of the benefit Science hasn't come up with a pill. You can't buy this. You can't go to a chemist (laughs) and go, I want a pill that's going to do dot, 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 all the benefits I've just mentioned. It's not on the market. (laughs) It's not there. 
So again, I'm going to ask you to step outside the scientific realm then, because this is, has to be assumption based because I don't think there's been any study on it. You can't refute what you've shared. And yeah. I, I challenge anyone to do that. So, like, I don't have to buy a caftan to do this, do I? I don't have to burn incense. Do I have to climb a mountain? Why? Explain <laughs> to me why. People, why is this resistance to it? Why, do you have any idea? Look, it's a great question. Number one, I'm going to say everything you highlighted is correct. No, you don't have to sit in the contortionist's pose. You don't have to chant. You're not going to have dreadlocks. You're not going to change your friendship group. All the things, and it's not religion. There's so many mis. It's it's crazy. I'm so I upset you said the dreadlocks. I reckon, Minnie, you look good with a set of dreadies. Anyway, nice sorry, I, I digress. <laughs> but you know, last week I was actually posed that question about this being related to religion. So you are. There's a lot of stereotypes, and it's not about religion. It's about relaxation. So first and foremost, I'm going to answer your question, but I want to just set the tone here. My definition of meditation is. Relaxing the body and quieting the mind, it's a form of relaxation. Mm. Simple end. That's it. It's a form of relaxation. So, number one, I think some of the resistance is around people thinking, yeah, it's airy-fairy and it doesn't do anything. But as you said, we've just ticked that box. But I think the biggest thing is that we all go through life and we're all trying the best that we can, right? And I honestly, truly believe with my hand on my heart here that unless you've had the experience and you've practiced it, you don't know what you don't know. And you've got no idea how much better your life can be if you add this into as little as five minutes a day into your small daily habits. Your life will transform, truly. I've had so many stories of people that have just changed their lives from this practice. So, you know, it's, it's that resistance to what we don't know. We tell ourselves we don't have enough time. Yeah. That is number. That is the second biggest thing. That, not that, enough time. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, because you know, everyone's got busy lives and they don't put time aside for themselves. They're always thinking outside. What, what you just mentioned earlier really struck a chord. Um, for for me, when I was playing uh, rugby league, being a professional athlete, I always I just naturally visualised my game, and then it turned into meditation towards the end of my career after I had more knowledge about it. And now I set time aside to do it because I know it, it makes me feel less stress and, and more clear like you just mentioned but it's yeah. consistency like you said and most people don't do it consistent enough or what, what have you seen in this space so how, how do you get them to do that consistently again such valid points you're saying consistency is really hard but you're gonna have to you have to value your health mm. you have to place a value on it yeah and you have to understand that your mental health is part of your health yeah. It's interrelated. You can't separate it. We all have a brain. You know, we have 70,000 thoughts a day, the average human being. 70,000 thoughts, most are unconscious. So how do you how do you take your body into a state of just rest? Like, you know, wouldn't it be great? Like, you know, people want that quick fix. They want the magic pill, okay? <laughs> people want an easy way out. They want to hit a switch and go, mind off, no thoughts, just zone <laughs> out. Which I, I feel is some, in some way why... And I will probably emphasize here, you know, people get sit on their phone and they scroll. They don't realize they're trying to just just mm. ugh, just turn it off. But so they almost like try to numb themselves. Yeah. Mm. So they just look and they just look at their device like, oh, it's just I'm just going to scroll. <laughs> and all of a sudden that five minutes turns into 10, whatever it is, yeah. you know. And, and so we, we know that um, in one way it's like 
they're trying to to give themselves a pause. They they want relief from the demands, and they don't know how to go about it. Which again is why, and not to you know hit a sensitive nerve here. Some people tend to drink more, right? We we've seen in this current environment, people are drinking more because they're trying to numb down yeah. just to feel a little sense of relief and that stress relief, right? Yeah. Um, but back to the point we were talking about with not enough time. We're all busy, right? But I don't know if any of you have truly considered how many minutes we have in a day. We have 1,440 minutes in one 24-hour clock. That's a good so way to look are at it. You, 1,440 minutes. I'm asking for you to give five or ten yeah. minutes out of 1,440 minutes. Not much. So if you tell me, <laughs> yeah, if you tell me you don't have enough time, um, I would just say then you probably just don't value your health enough. Yeah. Like, and you yeah. need you need to truly understand. I've got this one body, this one mind, and if I want to really show up, and, and this is the other thing that people don't understand, is that the more you give this gift to yourself, everyone in your entire environment is affected by it. So if I show up and I feel calmer and I feel more present, mm. that means I'm listening, I'm engaging, I can see you, I can show up for you, I can be a better listener. It also means that people in the household go, wow, you know, Look, what, what are they doing? Like you almost show, and, and it, it, you know, it's like a when you skipped rocks as a kid or you saw ripples in a pond, the waves continue outward. So it goes on, even if I go down to the coffee shop to get my coffee, then the barista feels that too. So every time you engage in this practice, you're building, you're working on the subtle bodies, which is really hard for people to understand because it's not seen, right? And that would be the other thing that why people, Maddie, are resistant to it. Okay, yeah. that'd be the third, because you have to trust it. So if I go to the gym, I can see if I'm lifting more, if I'm running faster, longer, etc. You see the difference, right? But with meditation, you have to trust it's happening because it's an internal process. Yeah. So it's more about assessing how do I feel before I meditate? How do I feel after? And then setting some micro mini goals. I'm going to start with five minutes or even three minutes a day. I'm going to build up to five and I might get to 10. And you know what? I'm going to give myself the best shot to do this for 21 days or whatever it is in a row. And you will truly start to go, wow, you know, what's happening? Um, you know, I'm, I'm so different. I am calmer. I have patience. Um, I don't feel as rushed. So yeah. you, you it, 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 it literally transforms from the inside. Yeah. And, and Anthony, you, you stated before when you, do it, you know, how much better does it feel when you have a clear mind? So oh my gosh. Better. And you're like, oh, no. it's not that foggy brain. Right. Yeah. And you go, wow, I just have this clear mind and it's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling. I'll tell you what I'll add to that, Tammy. I'll add the, the other thing is, is the re, the other resistance around it. It's so expensive to do, <laughs> like to spend that ten minutes. Like it, it costs a fortune. And you know what? I'm being honest. People's resistance to it, or people that have made it woo woo, there's no money in it in getting in well. You're helping people decrease stress and improve their wellness well, mm. for free. So, sorry, that, that's the cynic in me. You know that that's there's yeah. no doubt about that. You know, and I, yeah. I think that that's that's something that is is worthwhile acknowledging in this process is that this doesn't cost you anything. This is something. No. And can I also add to Tammy the the other thing about your twenty one day experiment? If we're encouraging people to do that, you know what? For me, you know when you notice it the most. So I, I've been doing this since the nineties. If I don't do it for two days. 
it's like when you exercise all the time and you mm. stop exercising, all of a sudden you feel awful. You you will notice it when you stop doing it yeah. rather than when you keep doing it. Agreed. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I had an example of that. So, again, for your listeners, I learned to meditate in 1999, so it's 23 years now and it's a daily habit. But uh, about three days ago, I didn't get my normal, you know, 6, 6.30 a.m. meditation in and I waited till about 3 in the afternoon. Mm. I couldn't work out why things weren't just flowing for me. And I felt a little bit like on edge and I went, oh my gosh, like it's become <laughs> such a habit. As soon as I meditate, I'm like, oh, the world is right again. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what it feels like. So yeah, I encourage every one of your listeners, you know, try it. You've got so much to gain from doing this practice. And I would say you have so much more to lose if you don't try, because you can't expect change if you're not willing to do anything differently. Uh, you know, you, you just, it doesn't happen. There's no get out of jail card. There's no free pass. We, we have to put in the time and the effort to do it. So let's talk about this practice and, you know, and you've made the analogies, the physical and mental, you know, like, so there's a, if I decide I want to get fit, well, there's 4 million and 20 ways I can get fit. I can go to CrossFit. I can go to swimming. I can walk. I can run. I can do all sorts of stuff. You know, I can do mini fit. She's seen me get that in. (laughs) You got it in, didn't you? I'm looking at at, you can do mini fit. Um, um, And again, same with learning, right? I could be an audible learner. Some people are tactile learners. There's a whole lot of different ways we can do it. So you're talking, and I know with meditation, there's transcendental, primordial, there's Keely meditation, a type of meditation that I do, there's mindfulness. What about the practice that you encourage, Tammy? What what is that and, and how does that benefit us? Okay, so great. So I learned primordial sound meditation um, and that was using a mantra, which is a repeat, repeated mm. sound or phrase, okay, yeah. that you say over and over again. And, and the idea behind primordial sound or even uh, transcendental, which I've studied that as well, is that um, with that repeated sound, the mind will slip into the gap between the thoughts. All of a sudden, you'll let go. At, you know, with, with time, that repeated sound will help you get into the flow of it because it keeps the mind busy in a way, it distracts the mind initially when you might have a lot going on. There's also the guided visualization meditations. So you get taken on a journey with someone and you're um, you know, you, you're visualizing what they're saying, but that allows you to go into that meditative state. Um, I, I did a two-year parapsychic science, um, sorry, parapsychology course as well, and it was two years of guided meditation. So I'd gone from primordial sound to guided meditation, and post that, all I wanted was silence. I just was like, I just want the silence. And I started really just using breath. So for me... It was a breath work. I've also studied transcendental, as I mentioned. So in a way, I've been a seeker of meditation in terms of trying different forms, but I always come back to breath. For me, it is the link between the breath, the body, and the mind. So I focus on the sound of my inhalation and the exhalation, and it is so simple and so easy to do. Um, when I'm teaching and um, offering my, with my online platforms, I have guided meditations because I do believe that it is far easier in the beginning to learn and have a guide to follow to help set up the practice. And so I do it in the form of guided meditations. And then that's, and and I I also, I think one of the benefits of guided meditations that not many people talk about is that they can have set intentions. So it could be a guided meditation for clarity 
or maybe it's focus, maybe it's stress release, maybe it's relaxation, mm. maybe it's for connection, maybe it's for um, balance. So I can, I can actually create and have created meditations that are based on different states that you are trying and have the intention, which is that constant con- conscious, sorry, conscious choice that you've made. That that's what you're doing in this, in this space. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that was going on to my next question. This will be a two part question, but you know, if you're working with CEOs or elite athletes or people with trauma, do you actually assign them different types of meditations for the individual? Uh, is it adaptable? And, and, and yourself personally, the second part of the question, do you mix your meditations up or do you do the same one now that you've, you've just mentioned you love silence and you work with the breath? Do you do that all the time or do you mix it up yourself as well? Yes, so I'll answer the first one. In terms of athletes, CEOs, obviously when you're working with someone who's got a set specific agenda, so I've got to, I've got to clarify that. Yep. So with athletes, they might be about game performance, but yep. it also, what, what they start to understand is that even if their initial intention was about performance on the field, mm. what they then start to realize is this is impacting me at home and in my private life as well, away from a club, you know, or the arena, wherever it may be. So they understand then it starts impacting all areas of their life. So it's about the intention. So with athletes, obviously visualization is incredible because I used to, when I worked with the players, I'd get them to, we'd have, um, with Melbourne demons, we actually had three days of meditation Mm. and I would work with them though, um, on game day before the game to see them. We would go through the game. Yeah, and how they were playing. It's funny. I used to do that as well. Just and and I felt going into a game, if I hadn't done that, I was missing something. Yeah. So and it's amazing this clarity. And Paul always loves to show me in different things that are showing up current news stories. And Christian Petraka, who I worked with, is now doing that for games, and he's visualizing and doing the breath. How does he want to work? see himself on the field playing and it's oh so powerful and you you know you're seeing a lot more athletes acknowledging that this is a practice that they're doing i mean you can't underestimate the power of what's above the shoulders right we all know Mm -hmm. that with athletes um they've got everything going from from dietitians to strength and conditioning to your coaches to strategies tactics etc etc but it's going to be paul used to always say it's going to be what's above the shoulders that's going to make the difference totally. so if you've got that clarity of thinking and you're really clear on what your agenda is or your intention it's so much e- easier to achieve now if this is talking to a ceo or it's the mom or it's the dad or if it's the student mm. again you still have the same outcome which is to that deepened state of rest where you are actually allowing the body to unwind mm. the thoughts to quiet and you still get the benefits but you may then say we're going to work with a you know a deep relaxation or we're going to we're going to work with balance we're going to work with the meditation for clarity really up to the individual that's what i want to say yeah so i i do start off um with with um with everyone and you know with the children as well i've got one called rainbows and unicorns and it's amazing how um sorry butterflies and unicorns how the kids just gravitate to that but you know the most beautiful thing is i've got the parents going Oh, I love that. That was actually really relaxing because <laughs> it's making them again go back into imagination. Yeah, so you just That's you're good. you're just allowing yourself to unwind. So there's specific meditations that you can use for everyone, and and there's not a right or wrong. For my own practice, I always 
you know, I do work a lot with silence, but if I have a specific need or desire, I'll think, wow, you know what? I don't want to even like, I, I almost want to give myself that, that extra bit of a oomph that, yes, that's right. That's my intention. So I'll do one of the guided meditations that I've done and I'll follow that. So does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So I do, I do mix it up and, and I think meditation should be fun. Can we clarify that? Yeah. This yeah. should well, be fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is, like, this is like the thing that I get <laughs> so excited over because I'm like, oh, I don't have to think. I get to sit there. No one can contact me. I'm not answering the phone. I'm not doing emails. It's like, guy, flip it, you know, like turn it, change your perspective on it. This is like my time out times a hundred. It's the best thing ever. Minnie, you must do a lot of meditation because you never answer the phone when I ring you. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I've got you on block actually at the moment. Carry on, <laughs> carry on. No, but you mentioned kids, uh, Tammy, and I work with kids in, in my program a lot. And um, what I've found is there's always less resistance uh, with kids. They're always open yeah. to trying anything and everything. Uh, how have you found it? Uh, I could not agree more. I had such a... Uh, the privilege, you know, now with online schooling, doing some Zoom calls with classrooms, my gosh, it's it's just, they're so open. And, and I think what parents and adults tend to forget is kids can get stressed too. Yeah. And we really forget that. And they forget that, you know, you'll get comments like, oh, it just felt so good. I just wasn't so busy. And I just was allowed to relax. And you just, you forget that they can be very aware of what's going on as well. And, you know, if, if it's at the, in the school environment or in the home environment, they're sponges. They're picking up everything too. We are energetic beings. Yeah. Yep. And a really simple analogy for any of your listeners to comprehend that is who's ever walked into a room and you think, Oh, something's just happened. Yeah. Like there's an <laughs> argument or fight. Like you can feel the tension in the room. Yeah. Okay. You, I know that both of you talk about the locker room, you know, a locker room setting <laughs> where if it's going to be the anticipation of the match ahead feels one way versus I'm gutted. We just lost yeah. versus Okay, I'm angry, I'm filthy at the whatever just happened on the field or, you know. So there's differences in energy. So children pick that up too. So kids are just so, you know, they're just such sponges and they're amazing at um, being open and wanting to learn and embrace this. And I can't stress enough, if you, if you do this for your children, you're setting them up with one of the greatest gifts for life because it teaches resiliency. That's one of the byproducts. You are more resilient. I forgot to mention that in the benefits. Resiliency is amplified the more you meditate. I think again, that's getting lost too with our, with our children, the resilience to bounce back and, yeah. uh, in Absolutely. this day and age. Yeah, and, and I think it's also the idea that whatever you're going through, it's going to pass. It's, yeah. you know, tomorrow's a new day. We have to remember that. It passes through us. So you don't get as hooked up on thinking, like if it's woe is me, you know, I'm feeling sorry for myself or wow, the, you know, this is a, it's the, the world's a scary, terrible place. It's like, no, you move through that because you allow the emotions to come up and, and filter through you. Mm. I had to put a line through my, my next question because you you've already sort of answered like what, what we can expect as outcomes. But I guess my access to meditation in the mid, mid-90s was through reading a book called Sacred Hoops by a guy called Phil Jackson who coached the uh, Chicago mm. Bulls and and LA Lakers. I think he went okay as well. He had a reasonable, <laughs> a <few> <laughs> had a reasonable career. So, you know, my, my motivation to get involved was from a performance side of things and as time went on and I kept it very much to myself initially because 
of some of the, you know, the pre- preconceived ideas around what meditation was as opposed to what it can do for yeah. you. And, you know, I, went, I moved into, into coaching in Australia and I snuck it in with a playing group who hadn't gone so well and we, we came second in the regular season. It, it started to leak out a little bit. So all of a sudden Matt Elliott became weird because he did, <laughs> did meditation and got his players to meditate. And I can tell you, it's that playing group, a lot of them still contact me about, mm. can, you, can you give me a hand with, with getting back into yeah. it because I've lost my groove. But I know you collaborate, you've talked about your collaboration with Paul, you know, with, with teams. How did Paul handle that, you know, that the resistance? Again, I know we've already spoken about it, but that the, the weirdness associated with meditation in such a, a blokey environment. Mm. How, how, did you, how did you both manage that? To, because I know that I've got no doubt, you've already quoted the science, there's a performance outcome that you're going to get from it, but there's also other outcomes that they end up, you end up becoming a better person without even realising it. So how did, you, yeah. how did you navigate through that? I know that was a long-winded question. No, it's a great question and I love that. Well, Paul learned with me in 1999, so he was meditating daily as well. So in 2003, when he took over coaching, he decided, look, again, that whole concept that I already mentioned to you about, if there's one thing we're not doing with the playing group, it's looking after the mind. So this, he felt this was like the next, next like untried frontier in sports, so to speak, in terms of, but also understanding, you know, we want to make them better people, which you just mentioned, Maddie. It's like, help them be better versions of themselves. Yeah. Like just to support them because, you know, everyone has a lot on their plates. And so I think one of the things, firstly, I cannot um, comment highly enough about the Sydney Swans playing group because there was no kickback, no one, um, you know, I didn't, we didn't get a lot of um, resistance to bring it in into the club. And you got to remember this was 2003, like way before other clubs were doing this. We were early days. Mm. I think what helped was one, a lot of those players had played with Paul. Yeah. So he was the player and now the coach. They knew him. We all had a relationship. They knew me as well. They knew, I guess, what Paul and I stood for and how we showed up. Does that make, you know, like how we were showing up and what we were doing. And so they had that trust in us that, well, look, if it's working for you, we might as well try it. So it was, it was, it was like, We'll try it until maybe we don't like it or if it doesn't work. But the point was it worked. And so we started off with this. We broke it into groups too because, you know, how with, with sports, you've got like the first year, yeah. second year, the rookies. Yeah. Then you have the two to five-year group and then the five-year plus. So mm. I had three different groups of players coming to our home. I wanted to do it away from the footy club because I wanted this to be about them and I wanted them to see that this was genuinely coming from not them just as players, but because we cared. We wanted them to feel the benefits. So we did it at home. And um, and it was extraordinary. What started off with being six weeks and <laughs> for the whole season um, with them coming every single week and was just like, you know, honestly seeing them transform and then how they started using it before games or after games. A lot of people don't realize, but athletes have a really hard time after getting ready for so-called the battle, you're in that fight or flight, you are on the field, really hard to go to sleep at night, right? And we know that that actually inhibits recovery. So all of a sudden I had some of the players going, wow, you know what, Tammy, like we have swans in those days, we had a lot of night games, right? Friday night games. 
And so, but they, you know, and then they had recovery early the next day and you're going, you've really only fallen asleep at three or four in the morning and you're getting back up at seven to go to recovery or be down at Bondi beach or wherever it was like, that's not ideal. So it was really around, look, use this as recovery too. If you are struggling sleeping, do a meditation. Okay. Get, so set yourself up to go into that, to that state of relaxation. So that's how we, that's how we worked it. But I do think that Paul, Paul never, I guess, cause he was trusting and he knew what he was experiencing too, Maddie. I don't think he really felt threatened by doing it. I knew, in a way I always look back on and go, God, it did take a lot of courage for him to bring this in. And obviously from a board level, you're a new coach saying, I want my wife to come in. That could have potentially gone down like a ton of bricks. <laughs> Not real good. I, um, I, I can but, tell you it went down like a ton of bricks with the board I was working with, <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah, and, and, I, and I can see that because not everyone's open. But I guess in a way, you know, I do really look back, the culture that was created at Swans, there was this fundamental trust yeah. and what they were trying to do as a group and the board supported Paul in that. So we didn't get the fight back. I, people initially go, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden they're kind of going, hang on, maybe this is working. And then I started having the wives telling me, oh, we went to bed with you last night. And I said, that sounds awful. What do you mean? <laughs> and it's like, you know, we're listening to you. We're listening to your tape before you go to sleep at night. And I thought, wow. So then it was going on to the wives and the girlfriends. And so you're seeing this, this impact where everyone what was feeling better in themselves and it was impacting everyone. So again, like it was it was all positive. So I know the collaboration with Paul's gone on on and on now, even after Paul's stopped yeah. coaching. I know you've written a book together. Well, how does that collaboration look now? You know, when you're working together in, in the same environment, you know, you're not working with Paul's team, but you're working with your clients. How, how do you collaborate there? Well, interesting enough, Paul and I do work a lot together actually at the moment as well in terms of literally with clients, the two of us, because he's focusing on the leadership yeah. and I'm doing the well-being. So it, it's going hand in hand. And and um, Paul, has a, he had a great quote that was, uh, oh, here he is. <laughs> yeah. Hello, mate. This is good to see you. <laughs> he had a, he had a, a, a great quote. That, I'm glad I knew he was there. I was just about to bag him. <laughs> Um, he had a sneak preview, which I'm sorry, sorry, I'm off track now. <laughs> he said, um, the health of your organization or the health of a leader is really dependent on the health of you as an individual. So Paul fundamentally was just like to, to everyone, guys, you've got to look after your own health too, because that's going to dictate how healthy your, you know, your, your, your company is. So it was a, when we really started formulating that he's got performance by design leadership company. And I'm in there in the wellness component, so helping support um, some of the companies they work with in getting meditation on board for those companies and helping them do that. And we've also, um, we're partners in a group called the Nurture Group, which leads their business and wellness retreats in Fiji. This year, unfortunately, they're not going ahead, but Mm. um, next year, so um, if they've been going for five years now, Paul and I have been involved um, for, this is the third year now. So we've got Nurture 360, men and women. It's all wellness and um, leadership. We've got speakers from around the world that come in and it's just a very immersive um, experience. And I think the benefit of that is, you know, I'll do meditation every day with with the group. Um, We set intentions at the beginning of the day. Uh, We've got different um, wellness people from, if it's yoga to functional uh, or, you know, functional um, strength and, and mm. fitness groups. Paul will take a group for a walk or a jog. Like we've got different things happening. 
but it's also the leadership stuff. So we're really supporting them from that business environment. And um, the one thing I guess that's a bit different about that is all the speakers stay for the duration. So instead of, and I'm sure both of you have had the experience of you go to go do something, a retreat, you stay for, or you talk for an hour mm. and then you leave. Mm. Our speakers stay on. So our, our everyone gets the interaction with them and they love that. So it's a kind of a very cool concept. We know that you've stolen Nam office there. Nam Baldwin, one of the change room mentors. I know. <laughs> you know. We love, love Nam. Nam. <laughs> we love Nam. He's so good. No, and, and he's, he's, he's supported us in that. And, um, yeah, he's helped me with my um, – I've got a new program called Love Your Mind. And that really came about – I was invited to India. And I was invited to um, – it was my first time. And I went uh, – God, when was it now? A year ago, March. So March 2019. And the, the conference was called um, A Critical Response uh, – no, A Spiritual Response to Critical Times. I always flip that. And so I was really quite fortunate. I was around some people who've been meditating 40, 50 years of their life, some, you know, really serious mm. um, meditators and yogis, but that they were really seeing. But the thing was, there was there was the vice president of Argentina was there. We had CEOs, we had engineers, wow. we had some really phenomenal people at this conference. And, um, and I got asked to speak. We were in the uh, Gandhi Stadium and... Um, it was kind of like, wow, you know, my, my biggest audience had previous had been about 350 people and I got asked to speak in front of 10,000 and I, I, I didn't, wasn't anticipating this and, and it was phenomenal. What came to me was this idea that we have to almost change the word meditation because it's really about learning to love the mind. So we, we, we say, love your body, love mm. what you put in it, mm. exercise. We have to have this correlation that the mind is so important and such a big, big part of this, you know? So from that whole experience, I started Love Your Mind and we've got experts, guests each month that come on and the different meditations and videos and downloadable resources to really keep people accountable so they can build a practice. Um, we've got one minute meditations, three minute, five minute and onwards. And uh, yeah, so that's how I, I thought of Nam because he was one of our speakers and people were just blown away about his knowledge again on breath awareness and just our health our sleeping patterns just how we function so yeah it was it was brilliant really powerful i don't know if that cleaner is still around um in, in the background at all but i would like to ask if, if paul is around is is that if you are like if we're running a leadership program and we want to help people what the impact of it would be if they didn't have the well-being side of it attached to it you know, how effective do you think if what Paul delivers didn't have the contribution that you're making? How effective do you think it would be? Um, so one, Paul had to go do another Zoom call, so <laughs> I apologise. He's off. No, he's um, in the smallest room of the house, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's literally going. He went to do a Zoom. Um, look, he would actually say, it, it's funny, but you gotta, you got to um, – walk the walk if you're talking the talk yeah. and and Paul and I both really live and breathe this so for him if he's trying to say you need to, to be to be a, a healthy high functioning leader you have to look after your well-being mm. so he would find that you just it, it it doesn't work it doesn't go hand in hand you might start him off initially you know with performance by design that you know you might get some of the culture stuff set first but the introduction to wellness d does come into it because um, you can't, you know, if you can't have one without the other if you really want to be high-functioning, high-performing. Yeah, I think people are starting to wake up and educate themselves about 
their own health and how it's not just one or two factors, you know, you know, nutrition, yeah. sleep, stress management, environment, meditation, all that type of stuff comes into it to affect all your, yeah. your, your states. And I think people that are really looking at their own health, there's a lot of factors that go into being healthy and happy. That, you know, in the change room, we've seen people just transform sometimes within a week uh, with the program. What about some of your favourite stories that you've seen people transform their own lives? Yeah, there's two that come to mind. And uh, one was uh, CEO of two companies, high, definite, like anal, like, <laughs> high, you know, personality A, stressed, get things done, always on but also was um, probably pretty impatient and angry mm. a lot of the times and didn't realize it. Um, managing a lot of things, doing the best he could, but didn't understand how different his life could lead or be um, if he was to engage in a meditation practice. And he ended up doing my six-week meditation mindset program and um, literally, uh, you know, he, from his staff to his wife to himself, it said, he, you know, he transformed his entire life. So much happier, so much present, more present. I mean, but yeah. I think the big thing was the dynamics, both at home and work change. And everyone enjoyed being around him more. And he, just the difference in his face and his energy. When you see him now, there's this, he just said every day, I never give it up now. Like the, the how calm he is mm. and things that used to ruffle his feathers just don't anymore. But it was, uh, you know, and to be honest, he, you know, when he shared it with me, he was in tears because it made that big of a difference to his life. He said, I potential for some very negative things to have taken place yeah. um, if he hadn't embraced this. So that was a massive, massive tick. And yeah. the other one, too, and I think, you know, saying j just for a simplicity sake stories, but um, was this woman that had shown up to do my course. And she was just, she, you know, she seriously was distracted looked exhausted. I really thought she was on verge of a breakdown. Her skin even had that gray pallor, like just absolute exhaustion. And she said, um, you know, this is what's going on in my life. Um, she was trying to work, manage a home, four children, a couple which had need, a couple of her children had um, needs and um, required a lot of attention. And I just thought, oh, you know, she definitely is someone that can embrace this program. And she started doing it in about week three of the program. She walked in and it wasn't just me, but it was others in the room going, oh my gosh, like she had the glow back to her skin. She was smiling. She didn't look like she was going to crumble and collapse on the floor anymore and cry. And she said, she realized straight away, she said that morning, the difference that meditation made to her but what she had to do was flip it. She turned, she had to get up 20 minutes earlier. So she set her alarm earlier in the day mm. to make sure she got it in. She said, you won't believe my morning. And I, I swear to you, this is without making up. She said, I got up and meditated. I was able to put the laundry on, make four different lunches, get the <laughs> breakfast going. She goes, I, I got ready for my work day. She goes, and I actually washed a window. I said, you what? <laughs> yes, I washed a window and got the kids ready off to, you know, drop doing school drop-offs and got to work on time. And I was totally relaxed. And it was like everyone in the room just sat there going, if you, you couldn't have seen a bit, you know, both stories were these absolute transformational stories and how they felt internally. Like they just, they had more joy again. They had more happiness in their life. And the people around them, I have no doubt, actually felt it as well. 
I love those stories and, yeah, again, it just mm. makes me reflect on you know, how fortunate we are. And when you get the opportunity to make those types of difference to people and, again, you've made me sort of shift into, a, a, you know, moments that we've had in the, in the program, what are the, the health impacts of you when you witness that someone's taken a practice away that you've taught them and they have that transformation? How do you feel that that impacts your personal health? Well, it creates more joy, doesn't it? It's fulfillment mm. and contentment. <clears throat> you, you literally, you know, I hear those stories and I am just so honoured that I was able to, like, I just I just feel like it was such a, I, I've been given such a gift. Um, number one, to be able to share it, to teach them, but then to be, for them to come back and, and you know, and allow me to be the witness of this transformation is just an absolute gift. So I feel incredibly blessed is, is I guess, the right word. And you talked about, having fun, making meditation fun earlier. How, how do you do that when you, you, you're obviously getting people to be silent and you just focus on their breath? Is that a common thing? Or, you know, out of meditation, yeah, your fun arises. And Matty always talks about fun. He thinks he's the funniest bloke in the world. But no, I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> you know. That's a fact, Andy. But how, how do you incorporate that into your practices with what you teach? It's, it's interesting, isn't it? But under fun is curiosity, isn't it? Curiosity, mm. imagination. Yeah. So can you be curious? You know, so you, you've got it. It's like, wow, using your imagination again. Like, when's the last time, you know, when's the last time, like, you really kind of sat back and go, I'm going to be still. If it, You know, if you're practicing a mindful moment and I say to someone, just lay on the grass, look at the sky, watch the clouds go by in the sky. Like, yeah. when do we allow ourselves just to almost be childlike again with that sense of wonder? So that's what I'm saying about, God, like, fill yourself up with wonder. I mm. wonder, I wonder if dot, 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 you know, that's why I'm always huge on the gratitude bank to build your gratitude bank because yeah. you want to create more positivity, joy, and elevate your emotions because what, what most people don't understand is you don't, you have to have a thought first before you have an emotional response. Mm. Thinking precedes the emotion. Yeah. So if I'm having positive thoughts, I'm going to have positive emotions. So the quality of my emotions, the quality of my experience is elevated because I'm actually now, do you understand that? I'm yeah. now having positive thoughts. Yeah. So it goes hand in hand. So it's, it's amazing how powerful it is. And you just say, well, for instance, if, like I said to you with the, um, one of the meditations I have for kids is about the magic dragon. Mm. Oh my gosh, the kids love the magic dragon. They find a dragon sitting on the path in front of them and they have this <laughs> conversation and, you know, so you're creating it so that it's this wonder. It is magic. I think, you know, for a lot of us, and I don't say this disrespectfully because there's days when I have down days without a doubt, and you kind of go, okay, this isn't my best day, but I'm going to do, you know, I've got this practice and we know it's going to pass and that's why we're really lucky. Because mm. um, we, But we work at it. You know, we all work at it. That's that's the key. But I think it's just some of the magic's left life right now and we have to remember we can't, we have to cultivate it and, and have fun and don't take life so serious. And you know what? We don't need to have all the answers either. Do you find that's one of the things that gets lost straight away when stress is put upon us or more work is put upon us? All that imagination, being a kid again, just goes out the window. 100%, 100%. And one of the things, one of the greatest qualities with Paul is, and he always tells me, because we laugh, because I thought, far out, I've got three boys in this house. <laughs> I don't have two. Like, he's, he's, he's seriously like a big kid. But I actually think that's one of the most... To me, that's one of the gifts yeah. that, I, from my personal experience that I see men do so well compared to women, is 
they can bring fun. They'll wrestle. They will, you know, whatever. I mean, the other day, Paul and I are in the in, at the moment in the middle of packing up our house because we're moving, mm. and it's like, oh. And he the other day he literally picked me up and was kind of like running with me over his shoulders, and you kind of go, and then I was laughing because it, it diffused it. So yeah. have fun again, like. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not stressed. Okay, yeah, that was funny. Okay, yeah, like, here I go. So it, it's about, and I think that's one thing, too, that men just have this great capacity to do is is bring fun, you, you know, not not be so serious and, and enjoy the moment, you know? And and maybe it is a lot of these athletes that I'm around because they're getting, they're physically, when you exercise, too, I think you release a lot of endorphins, yeah, for sure. as we know you feel better. So maybe that brings more of the playfulness into it, but it's important to have play in your life. Yeah, I love it. And you always, you always say, man, you, you know, having fun or being happier or whatever, it's a, it's a choice too. You have to think it first. Yeah, yeah. it's not something that, again, you can't stick your bum out the window and get hit in the backside by a rainbow. <laughs> You've, I just, I guess the thing that we're hearing about fun and, and like everything here, it's a deliberate practice. It's not something mm. that, that you can hope to happen, it's something that you actually have to work on happening because if you're just waiting around for it to show up, sometimes you've got to hold your breath for a long time. So mm. it's, you know, that that is such a strong message. And I guess yeah, what- Yeah, I love that, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, we also, you know, again, what we want to talk to you about and we hear from Nam, you know, how amazing your retreats are, but it's very hard to be running retreats at the moment. Is that right? It's, you know, it's it's very challenging. So how do we access, you know, Tammy Roos and, and, and the great programs that you have available at the moment? Thank you for that. Uh, it's just on my website. If you go to www.tammybrews.com, um, you can find it there. Um, for your listeners, it's T-A-M-I-R-O-O-S, like the kangaroo, obviously. So tammybrews.com, it makes it much more, much easier. People still struggle sometimes with my accent. So, and so my programs are is all Is that there. a Victorian accent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Now, American accent there. So maybe it is. It's a Victorian lockdown accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, so funny. Um, We've, um, I've got Love Your Mind, which is, again, you know, kind of like the CEO, the athlete, the, um, you know, the, the people really trying to get that extra 1% into their life. And you've got um, Sandcastles, which is creating that space for children and their parents. That's four to 12-year-olds. And then I've got my real deep dive course, which is the um, Meditation Mindset, a six-week online course. Love it. So they're all there. So, Tammy, and if, if you have sparked that curiosity in people and they go to your, your website, you've also got a couple of books as well. And one you've co-written with, with Paul is Sport is Life and Life is Sport and your yeah. own book, uh, Presence to Power. So I'm sitting here and I've got them both in front of me. What am I going to get out of Presence to Power? What am I going to get out of Sport is Life, Life is Sport? What, what, what's the one I'm going to go to first or how, how am I going to make that delineation if, I've, if I'm tuned in and, and want to bite I, on one of them? Yeah, I think it's personal preference for what you're looking for, but Sport is Life, Life is Sport, Paul and I did together. So it's really conversational. It's the things that, again, we're not... You know, we're not trying to say that what we're doing is is the way you got to do, it, but we just highlight some of the things that have worked really well for us with family balance, you know, meditation, travel, just different things that we've used, I guess, in um, our family and in our experience, our relationship. And, um, and then with um, Presence to Power, I Am the Gift, it's a 21 chapter guidebook and it really it's consecutive. So it builds along the way, if that makes sense. So each chapter builds upon the next. 
So you start off with being, you know, being in the present moment and it ends with unity consciousness so that we are all, in, you know, interconnected. What we do does have an impact on others. So it, it leads you on this journey, but there's, you know, there's so many um, different um, skill sets that are explored in there from self-love to forgiveness to a, a practice called Ho'oponopono to forgiveness, journaling, meditation. So a lot of practices in there some of our limiting belief systems. So it's, that's a, it's a very deep dive. It's a personal development book, but I found most people that get that book, and I was really excited. It did get bestseller status, so that was great. They tell me they keep it by their bedside table, and it's just a, one of those books that you can pick up at any time, and they'll flip open the page. They go, I needed to read that again right now. So that's really, for me, I guess, really heartwarming that it's still actually helping people facilitate healing for them. That's really powerful. You're obviously writing a new book in how to move and piggyback and laugh at the same time with Paul. But besides that book, um, are you working on a working on a, a new one at all that we can look forward to? Uh, well, it's funny. Um, I actually said to Paul, I've, I've got yeah, I've got I've got one ticking over my mind. It's it's um so we're looking at that right now, doing this third book. So it's something that I haven't started writing yet, but it's definitely in the it's 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 there and it's been on my mind for a couple of months. So I think that will be coming. Awesome, awesome. Okay, let's finish with this question. What are your three things that you need in your life to be healthy and happy? Exercise, meditation, and connection. Excellent. But connection, I think you know, we we need each other. And I think fundamentally that's being forgotten. We are human beings. We need connection, you know, laughter, joy, all those things. So I'm going to lump that in there because laughter is such a big piece. Yep. Um, my meditation practice 100% sets me up for every single, you know, day. And again, I'm one of those people I have to exercise. <laughs> yep. So for me, that's my, my, my big ones. Yeah. Tammy, this has been amazing. Uh, so much wisdom and so much uh, information that uh, you've shared with us today. I'm going to go do another meditation, Maddie, after this. You I mean, need to. Yeah, you you need to cheer up a bit. <laughs> no, but thank you for coming on the, the Change Room podcast, Sammy. We appreciate your time. It was awesome. Thank awesome. you so much. Yeah. No, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Great questions too. So well done for both of you bringing the platform to life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks for listening to the Change Room podcast, a whiff of well-being with Minnie and Matt. For more information about The Change Room, please head to thechangeroom.info.